That's when I knew I was a woman. Somebody wanted a baby. He should be talking all funny. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Hello, my honey. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that'll die in harness like the king. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We are properly married. It was like this at Jimmy Cagney's 21st. It did not end well. What, our marriage? Uh, well, Jimmy Cagney's 21st for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what we've always modeled our marriage after is the life of Jimmy Cagney, I really, think. Really? I don't know how that ended. <laughs> Nor do I. I know zero about Jimmy Cagney. Yeah. I he played gangsters mainly, right? Yeah. And in fact, the only two things I know about him are that in both the movie Help and one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, a character does a bad impression of Cagney. Right. Yeah. Oh, is it Michelangelo or is it? It's Michelangelo or Raphael, obviously. I can't remember because in the fir- I, it was the first one. It wasn't was the, the first, first one. one, yeah. And I don't think Raphael would have done that. Because no, I think he it had was clinical depression in that movie. Right, I think it was Michelangelo. Yeah, because they go to April O'Neil's apartment. Right. We should watch that. Yeah. We own it. Yeah, that was set in Edwardian times, right? Well, see you guys later. <laughs> uh, so sorry for the delay. Yes. In posting this. Uh, both of my careers are going very well, and that has caused some uh, difficulty. Yeah. Well, I think we're posting this on time. I think are we? I thought it was supposed to go up this week. I think it's supposed to go. I think it's supposed to go up when we're putting it up. Oh. Yeah. How about that? No. To be fair, we're half-assing it. Like, let's be um, clear. You know what? I think that's all this deserves. Well, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, okay. So. <laughs> okay, let's clarify. We're doing the new. Upstairs, downstairs. Yes. So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Cousin Leonard or Cousin Clinton? Well, Or if- possibly both. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, the squeaky wheel finally gets upstairs, downstairs, <laughs> the new class. Yeah. Um, so we're just doing the first episode. Right. Because uh, we unfortunately don't have time to do more than that. Yeah, we really don't. But uh, here's our promise to you. The next time we get confused, <laughs> we'll do the next episode. Possibly not knowing what week it is. Yeah, man. It's or great. Or just having to abandon rashers. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> He's like the anti-Padmore. He is. Uh, but yes, this will be this will be our all-purpose emergency plan B uh, from here on out. So you're welcome. We now have one of those. <laughs> right. We're learning. Yeah. We're learning. <laughs> um. Yes. So. Oh, another piece of news. Sadie and the Hotheads. Yes. Doing an East Coast tour. Yeah. The song that the article I read featured the cow song and i have never been so depressed not to be on the east coast like i would super go to that yeah and like get real drunk and embarrass the shit out of everyone did you see the video no it's like she's riding along in a car like singing like it's ridiculous Uh, i thought she was gonna be on a cow well (laughs) i don't know if it was the same song this is just the video that was posted on the av club oh okay announcing the tour so god uh, damn it yeah i just like it's like you look at pictures of her and her band and like everybody else seems like they should be there (laughs) but then it's her right like why are you in a band (laughs) but i mean look she plays the guitar yeah I mean, that's more than I can do. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's working for her. Anyway, cousins, if you go. Yeah. Uh, live tweet it. 
write us tell us about your experience we, we would love to know we really want to hear your story in this yeah instance. yell cow song or get the fuck out on our behalf <laughs> anyway okay so this is episode no wait cousin of the week first yes man i'm all messed up it's all right all right so cousin of the week is cousin Mariuka who writes hello dear cousins tom and kelly i found your podcast maybe a couple of days ago hard to say how long it has been the time has flown ever since then because i've listened to you non-stop i finished listening to the first season of downton abbey in record time i haven't even watched the show but you had me at we're married but we're not going to be dicks about it <laughs> besides you're so good at describing what happens that i feel like i have a good handle on the plot though maybe an ever so slightly skewed image of the characters <laughs> and then it occurred to me how awesome it was would be if you did parades end so i looked through your episodes and you had yay more exclamation points i love your take on the show even though we seem to have a different view on sylvia i'm about halfway through the recap of the second episode i just think she's a total manipulative asshole and seabatch is a victim of mental abuse their whole relationship is based on her exploiting his politeness and good morals he's one of the guys who will do right by the woman and now she is tired and bitter because he is high and mighty even though he is better than her and she is immoral after all that's the only reason they're married i admit she seems to want his attention but i doubt it's because she loves him or anything <laughs> she just thrives on attention and can't handle being rejected by anyone to me the whole show is about seabatch growing the courage to actually do right by himself for a change and rid himself of this horrible abusive shit of a spouse i'm also one of the weirdos who find seabatch attractive in a terrifying way even <laughs> though he looks like a basset hound when he smiles so maybe my lure for him may affect how i interpret this show maybe anyway love the podcast and look forward to listening to everything best regards cousin mariuka p.s thanks for mentioning finland in your first fashion backwards tom repeats history show we do love being mentioned <laughs> well thank you so much for listening cousin mariuka and yes. thanks to all of you for listening uh we changed our internet feed recently mm -hmm. and wow that really made our downloads go up yeah we don't really know what that means <laughs> right. i mean we know that it means more people have downloaded but uh thanks to all of you for listening it's Absolutely. really cool of you yeah and uh, i'm happy to mention finland at any time he really will i'm a fan he would of it. mention finland on demand <laughs> i would yeah and also i think that that's what's you know one of the things that makes parades end so good and successful is that there are a variety of valid interpretations right like you know somebody out there's team mcmasters <laughs> i don't know why yeah Ugh. but they make me so mad yeah well rightly so <laughs> anyway okay now yes at long last <laughs> The recap of Upstairs, Downstairs, episode one, The Fledgling. That's right. Uh, and I realized <laughs> long after I should have uh, that they're naming the the, the, the episodes yeah. after this bird that's around. Right. Because like episode two is the ladybird. And I was like looking at this like, why is this a fledgling? Is it because Agnes is such a dumb shit? <laughs> and I mean, yes. Right. But I mean, that also, is, yeah. Know. Oh, it's, it's a metaphor. Multiple levels. Look yeah, out. and there really aren't many. Look, this is going to be really short, you guys, because basically nothing happened except for that old lady looked around and like <laughs> was wistful, and then that kid spilled drinks on a Nazi, right. and somebody got glass in his neck. Like that's what happened. Yeah, which I mean, you say it like that, that sounds, but then that was over a whole hour. Oh yeah, so, look, you know, for like a you know like a, a film short, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so we'll dive in. We start with a very unconvincing special effect of our hero, I suppose, Agnes, looking out of a porthole. Uh, and I couldn't tell if she was looking in the porthole 
or out of the porthole. Right. But what I will tell you is she was nowhere near an ocean. <laughs> right. That was clear. Like, you could, you could feel... It was like the 1960s Batman movie levels <laughs> of not being near an ocean. <laughs> well no because they keep commodore schmidlap in that like place and they keep like tricking him into thinking that he's on a boat but he's not it's really just like the henchmen are like they're like blowing a foghorn and like spraying him with water occasionally it's a good movie you know i believe we own it i've been meaning to watch it forever have you never watched it no i've never watched it well you haven't lived until you've seen burt ward's robin well that's Get through this podcast. All right, great. All right, what happens? Let's go fast. All right, so they get the king is sick. They hear Hallam, whose name is Hallam. What a horrible name. Yeah. Oh, well, his dad's name is even worse. It's like Guinevere or something. (laughs) Gimlet? (laughs) Gimlevere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Halness, I suppose... Is their shipping name? I mean, they're together now, so there's no point. Agnulum. Ag Agnum. Mm, I don't like any of this. Let's call the whole thing dumb. Yeah, uh, they arrive at their new house, which uh, she says it's like a fairy tale, and then they open the door, and it is like a fairy tale. It is like the Forbidden West Wing in Beauty and the Beast. I was totes gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, because it was covered in dust. It was. Um. Yeah. Well, and like before that, she's going on because she's got these roses from the foreign secretary, right? And like they're very like hoity-toity, and they talk about they were just in Washington, so this guy's mm-hmm. a diplomat of some kind. Mm-hmm. A diplomat. Yes, and they they name drop. Uh, Eden, I think Anthony Eden, who was, you know, the historical figure that was the foreign secretary. Was he the father of Barbara Eden, star of I Dream of Jeannie? I don't know. I don't know why I'm obsessed with 1960s <laughs> television shows I right say, now. I say let's roll with it. Well, look, that's... the original up here is... It's very hard no, for me to say the name of this show. Yeah, it's tough. The original Upstairs, Downstairs was on from 1971 and 1975, so right. you tell me. <laughs> don't. Yeah, don't. Well, particularly don't tell us because we haven't seen it. And, and it really, like, you know, people want to say you can watch this without watching the old one, which I think you can. Right. Except that, like, they were so excited they got the woman who played Mrs. Buck mm-hmm. in the old show. Right. That, like... Well, and I guess the same house or whatever. Yeah, because, like, easily ten minutes of this. Yeah. Is just shots of the address of the house. Yeah. And her just like looking at stuff that she used to think about. Right. And it's like fan service sucks when you're not actually a fan. It's like, uh, it's just. Even when you are a fan, I think even if I was a fan, I like what happened between her and that banister? Like, did she (laughs) slide down it and have her first orgasm? Uh, you know, possibly. I mean, there may have been people watching that and being like, oh, remember the banister scene? That's when I knew I was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Said a trans person. <laughs> I, I suppose so, yeah. And hey, bully for you. <laughs> or maybe not bully. Right. Bullying's bad. Well, that was, I think it's more of an American expression anyway. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Fucking yanks. 
So Hallam says that they're going to sit in this house and listen to the wireless and not talk to each other because they're sick of each other already. Okay, look, man. And he's like, oh, we know each other. so well. And look, you and I have sat around plenty of times not saying stuff. But right. the best part of watching TV, which is the modern day equivalent of the wireless, mm-hmm. is like talking shit at it. It's the reason for this podcast. Right. Clearly. Ridiculous. So we have different... Yeah, those people are boring and we hate them. <laughs> yes. Is... Yeah, the takeaway. Yeah, no, actually, I mean, Agnes and Hallam really are the... They're just very dull. Yeah. Literally everyone else is more interesting. Yeah. And I mean, Hallam in particular, Agnes, like, has flaws at least. Yeah, Hallam she's is just like sort trying of to do mayor. stuff. He's like, oh, I'm this guy, and he looks really weird. Yeah, he does. He's like a more attractive Mads Mikkelsen. Was that how you said that? I think that's the right. guy from Casino Royale. Sure, he's like if that guy was like really attractive, which means therefore he is extremely dull looking. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's he fair. looks plasticine. Yeah. And I mean, m- most of the other like upper class men have kind of that same look about them. Well, it was the thirties, right? That was how they were like, oh, make my face look all deco and shit, right? And so that's fun. But the rest of them still managed to contrive to be a bit more interesting somehow. So anyway, Agnes heads off to an employment agency where she meets Mrs. Buck. Or, I don't know, I guess, would she be Mrs. Buck in this context? She, she is Mrs. Buck. Okay. Because she's a housekeeper. Well, but she isn't a housekeeper at the moment, you know what I mean? Like, she's the employment agent. Yeah, here. but I mean, you're not going to not go as... Look, okay, listen. Hey, I've, I, okay, let's say Papa John <laughs> <laughs> stops running Papa John's. Right. Under mysterious circumstances. Uh, DUI. (laughs) (laughs) And he opens like a pizza school. They're still going to call him Papa John. No, you're right. You're not going to not call him by the name he made making pizza (laughs) and driving drunk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. So anyway, Agnes heads into Mrs. Buck's office, uh, says she has a nice pot. Um, yeah, well, uh, the pot is also fan service because she got it from Mr. Bellamy, who was right. her employer, who I can only assume was banging her. Like, you don't <laughs> just give a teapot to a lady. Well, I mean, you do in lieu of any other retirement benefits. Right, as right, comes yeah. Up. So, you know, we don't know. And more importantly, don't care. Oh, yeah, we super don't. Right. We're totally fine with the characters we've got. I'm going to we'll keep with pointing them. out obvious fan service moments, though. Uh, oh, sure. For the fans. Well, the hope is... That maybe that was pretty much all centered in this episode, and they'll give the you know the actual characters in the show more space going forward. But we'll see. <laughs> so Mrs. Buck asks Agnes, and will there be a nursery to be responsible for as she's staffing the house? And Agnes is like, "Oh, I don't know. You know, nobody's ever told me where babies come from. I suppose <laughs> one could show up any time." <laughs> like. <laughs> Somebody wanted a baby. <laughs> I'm one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rashers. As a baby. <laughs> That's why you can still understand it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, Agnes is like, uh, I want the best and I don't want to pay anything and all the interviews will be at my house, not here. Bye. So, yeah, she seems like a real bitch. Yeah. She's a real, a real Lena Dunham she's, situation. Yeah, she's like one of the kind of people 
Uh, now, Tom, Lena Dunham decided <laughs> to pay everyone once she got caught. I'm sorry. It was just topical for a moment. I know. It's not topical. It was topical yesterday. It's no. not topical today anymore. I'm sorry, cousins. Yeah, you fucked everything up. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... She reminds me of the women who would, like, come to Crabtree and Evelyn and, like, want a bunch of shit we didn't have. Mm. And then, like, be all pissy about how much their $15 hand cream cost. And I was like, hello, it's called Crabtree and Evelyn. Right. When it clearly should be pronounced Evelyn in this country. (laughs) You're going to pay a markup for that. Yeah. Yeah. You want Walmart? Go to Walmart. (laughs) Target for the rich, Tom. Target. (laughs) Fair enough. We've been over this. (laughs) true they have designers and everything uh so the king is dead long live the king fuck the king what (laughs) well yeah no i'm with you yeah um ironically they're gonna turn out and wish he uh, hadn't lived so long uh but we'll get to that the new one yes correct secondly it's 1936 yes uh which is very hard to ascertain from this episode like we had to like look it up in like the show notes right so uh way to not be helpful Upstairs, downstairs. Agreed. So Mrs. Buck cries about the king being dead with a lady, Mrs. Thackeray, who's potentially going to be the cook there. And is trying to recruit her for the cooking job uh, and promises that she'll have a basement kitchen, which she is apparently a big fan of basement kitchens. So there's that. And also finds her current employers to be a bit... Uh, common mm-hmm. as they are umbrella or raincoat manufacturers. Raincoat manufacturers. What I didn't like about this versus Downton Abbey, mm-hmm. and we know this is not in our usual wheelhouse here, right? So you know, shh, <laughs> hush, hush, QB, hush. <laughs> uh, the servants are both less respectful of their employers, but also like more critical of the upper class, like. They take a certain pride in being employed by a rich house. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mrs. Thackeray in particular has very exacting standards for, like, what that means. Right. And I just found it really interesting. And they're much more outspoken than anybody in Downton Abbey. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, between the time and the place, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes makes sense. There's actually... You should you should read that Below Stairs sometime. That's the the memoir. I keep meaning to. I mean, to. I know you don't have time. I'm very busy. Did you hear what I said before about my careers? I, I did, yeah. But I'm just saying, particularly, actually, this made me think of that book more okay. than Downton Abbey ever did. Fair enough. So, um, and, you know, I make the same recommendation to our cousins. It's a very good book. <laughs> so, in the house, uh, Agnes has previously said that she'd arranged for the builders in advance. So, there are builders there. And you hear them shout, gangway, and a bathtub plummets down, <laughs> missing Agnes by just a few feet. This is literally the the high point of this episode. <laughs> it is. Because then Agnes is like, I had plans for that bathtub. It's supposed to go in, like, the servants' quarters or whatever. And I'm like, that's your concern? Like, <laughs> that this bathtub that just, that they, they're like, oh, sorry, we thought you, your note said, please drop from ceiling in order to <laughs> land on me. Like, Anyway. Look, you're way more upset about this than me. She was almost killed, Kelly. Uh, yeah, well, she's real boring. She is real boring. So we see Mrs. Buck walking downstairs. Huh? Get it? Huh? Huh? <laughs> um, I didn't. Man, yeah. I missed all the overt symbolism. Oh, yeah. It was definitely, like, focusing on her feet and the I stairs and all. I was busy tweeting. Uh, you know, has feelings, has that whole banister orgasm. Well, her hand turns young. Right. And I was like, that's, what are you, like, 
Jesus? Right. Or is this Harry Potter? Like, Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. Is this a time-turning banister? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're interviewing some candidates for the sort of housemaid position. They're all supposed to display their hands, but one of them, (gasps) ho-ho, has fingernail polish on. Oh, snap. Yeah. And so whoever it is that's showing them off is like, and, uh... Mrs. Buck is like, uh, I'll take that one. She's like, oh, she wets the bed. How about that one? Uh, she sucks. Uh, how about that one? She'll steal everything. It's like, fine, I'll take the, you know, whore. The harlot. Yeah. Who's out in the bathtub singing a song. <laughs> right. About, what was it? Fan something? Fanny something. A song Fan? by George Formby. I know that yeah, much. Yeah, it was like Fan fan Wheel Fanny. Yes. <laughs> Fanny Bobanny. <laughs> It's American Horror Story. Right. Because that's what I always do after a job interview is hop into a bathtub that's in a nearby entrance hall. <laughs> just start singing a song. Man, you have had some cool jobs. <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, UD catering. <laughs> we didn't have a bathtub, but we had some weird setups in there. Um, so then a mysterious figure comes down the staircase and corrects her on the lyrics of this George Formby song and uh, also has a monkey. Yeah, which I have to say was not expecting a monkey. I was not either. Not an Irish monkey. <laughs> right. This monkey is clearly from India because as soon as we see this monkey, we see the monkey's monkey, <laughs> right. which is this Indian guy. Who's- Named Amanjit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he takes care of the monkey. Right. And also this old lady. Yeah, yeah, he's clearly not a Fenian monkey, but a little princess monkey Mm -hmm. is what we're dealing with here. So, uh, yeah, uh, Agnes comes in and is like, uh, what the fuck? And then Hallam shows up and he's like, oh, hey, mom. Uh, she was apparently supposed to be in Tangiers, but she found it tedious. Uh, and so As she's, you do. Yeah, so she's there carrying the ashes of her husband around, <laughs> trying to decide where to put them. Also, as you do. Yeah. And it turns out, according to the terms of Hallam's father's will, he is required to provide a house for her. So... What a weird will. Yeah. They go in for weird will- wills in England. They sure do. Like, they're... It's strange. Mine's going to be like, set fire to everything I own. I hate <laughs> all of you. <laughs> like I'm gonna make them write that. <laughs> my will's gonna be. My will's gonna say uh, I'm dead now. So fucking whatever. Ooh, you'll cause a court battle. <laughs> I hope I'm dead before that happens. I'll just be ruled intestate, and they'll figure it out. <laughs> Can you write it so that if I'm still alive, that doesn't happen? <laughs> but then if I die. <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure if I'm ruled and tested, you get everything. Well, I want to get you'd everything be next anyway. Of well, that's my point. I don't feel good about our plans for our deaths. <sighs> Fine. Let's put this on hold while I go revise my will. You don't have a will. <laughs> sure. Well, now that I've said it on this podcast, I think that's legally binding. It might be, actually. <laughs> Cousins, are you a notary public? <laughs> have you just notarized this podcast? <laughs> If so, we want to hear your email address. <laughs> uh, so we meet Johnny and his mother, Mrs. Proud. So this is Johnny Proud. 
What the hell? Footman at law. Oh, um, <laughs> he was apparently trained by the scouts. Like the Boy Scouts? I can only assume. Oh, my God. Because uh, he's... Lord Baden-Powell, <laughs> I shake my fist at you, sir. Yeah, because he's from some crappy town in Wales or something. Question. Yes. All these people are supposed to be from Wales, but almost none of them have a Welsh accent. I have not heard a single, even slightly Welsh accent. No, so it's really weird. I mean, it is weird. Well, like that's it's like, so Agnes and her sister, who we'll meet later, are aristocrats. Right. But I'm like, nobody's that aristocratic. Mm-hmm. Although I can't remember in Titanic BS, which we continue to talk about. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, did Kitty and that whole situation, did they have British accents? I feel like they must have. I feel like they must have, but I honestly don't remember. But I mean, it's well, all... they would have been educated in England, surely. Right. And I mean, it's, that's kind of a moot point because there's no excuse for Johnny. If he's yeah. from a poor town in Wales, he should be talking all funny. <laughs> I think we can agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he only has one reference, but Agnes is like, well, and I'm sure it's very glowing. I'm like, okay, you might want to actually look at it. Yeah, I just learned today at work that like the main thing you want to do as a manager is like hiring and firing the right people. Yeah. And that includes reading the references. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, pretty basic. But Agnes doesn't feel the need. Maud criticizes her for it. Uh, and rightly so. Oh, Maud. Like, and then there's Maud. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. I hope she gets an abortion later. <laughs> that seems highly unlikely. Stranger things have happened. Actually, I don't think they have. <laughs> yeah, that would be right <laughs> up there. Now that I think about it. <laughs> like she got some potion in Tangiers or something. I don't know. Maybe that's why she found it so tedious. She got <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> She's like, I already did this once. Yeah. And look at this loser I popped out. The monkey? <laughs> I was thinking of Hallam. Oh, but well, yeah. The monkey is much more personable than Hallam. That's very true. I'd rather have the monkey performing my diplomacy. That monkey has more opinions than Hallam. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Like, that monkey has specific marmalade preferences. Yeah. Uh, but she tempers her criticism of Agnes by showing Agnes a box full of jewels Including a, like, mega tiara. Like, this tiara is not fucking around. Yeah. This mega tiara will pick you up and climb to the top of the Empire State Building <laughs> with you. Like, that's how big this tiara is. Yeah. It's impressive. And Agnes is placated because apparently her father lost their family pieces. Yeah. So she had to come out with no jewels. Yeah, like a chump. Yeah. Yeah. That monkey has more jewelry than she does. <laughs> well, not anymore. I wish the show was only about the monkey. Well, and Maud. Yeah. I would watch that show. Yeah. Well, maybe in the next episode, just the two of them go back to Tangiers, and then that's just it from <laughs> then on. I don't think so. I saw the next on. It doesn't look good. <laughs> Upstairs, downstairs, and the Casbah. <laughs> uh, Buck and Thackeray wait in line in the rain to see the dead king. So that's England for you right there. I just, it's baffling. Yeah. I, j- I don't know. Cause, I mean, cousins, do you do this stuff? Like, I know many yeah. of you are in England. Do you still stand up when God Save the Queen comes on? And 
Yeah. I mean, again, we just don't understand it. I mean, and you know, we're born without it. I mean, it's, you know, one of those things. I mean, I we don't also be... actively don't sing the national anthem at baseball games. That's true. So Even we when might it's the be... 4th of July and it's like, we might get shot. Yeah. <laughs> so. But we're just, mm, you know, like, we're just like, look, and we're not like good people, but we like <laughs> to think we're good Americans. Yeah. Because isn't that the most American thing you can do is be like, I'm not into this. Right. I think so. Yeah. I mean, if MTV has taught me anything, that's true. It's how to be an American. Yeah, rock the vote. <laughs> that's right. I try to every day. <laughs> you can't vote every day, Tom. But you can rock the vote every day. <laughs> you cannot. That's the vo- the vote happens if, one to three times a year. If this booth's a rockin', don't come a knockin'. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, Pecker, settle down. <laughs> uh, so we see the Duke of Kent. Chilling with Hallam, so, so he's well connected. I figured this out yes. first, which is that this guy is the guy that becomes king after his brother ditches everything for Wallace Simpson. Yeah, Kelly and Kelly picked that up right away, and I was like, "Oh, what?" And it was true. Uh, yeah. Well, it seemed like the right. Well, also because in this scene, this guy's talking about this Nazi who's right. going to probably make social overtures to Hallam. Yeah, it is... in order to get to his boss, Mister Eden. Yeah, it is Ribbentrop specifically. Yeah, I knew it was something. Yeah. Well, I wrote it down. That started with an R. I was like Rainbow. Yeah. Rimmel. And they they also mentioned that Mrs. Simpson is around and that she is in the papers in America, but not in England. Yeah, this they stifled been... it. Yeah, stifled. That's right. Uh, Mrs. Buck brings some fish and chips to Agnes, who's like thinks it's great, uh, but is embarrassed by them herself, I guess. And then she says, oh, by the way, I've decided that I'm so good at this that I don't need a housekeeper after all. Though, of course, I will need you to help out until I get settled in. Yeah. And Mrs. Buck, I'm like, why are you even putting up with this horse shit? Right. Like, can't you kick her in the shins yeah. and be like, listen up, you dumb hoe. Yeah. There are so many other employment agencies in this town. Go talk to one of them. Yeah. But I guess Mrs. Buck just has a boner for this house. She clearly does. She also, and, you know, I don't mean any offense against her, she appears like she's having a stroke at all times. Right? She's so ugly and her haircut's horrible. Well, it's just her smile, her mouth is weird. It's mainly her mouth. I should have looked up what she looked like when she was younger. Yeah. I mean, it can't have been that much of an improvement. Right. Like, it's like her bone structure is weird. Yeah. You know, and I... She has bonitis. <laughs> That's possibly it. Uh, Johnny Proud gets a gift from his mom because he's cool, and it's a <laughs> s- <laughs> embroidered message saying "Blessed are the meek." Uh, judging from my first impressions of this guy, he doesn't need any help in the meekery department. Yeah, but I was pretty confident he had something planned. Okay, <laughs> and we shall see. Uh, he then hears uh, the saucy servant crying off somewhere. Saucy servant played by the same actress who plays Mira Reed mm-hmm. on uh, Ye Old Game of Thrones. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice. I like her much better than her dumb brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and everybody else on that, you know, it should just be Mira and Hodor. That would be really great, yeah. honestly. If that's what happened, yeah. I would really love that. Make it happen. They won't. I, yeah, I know. They won't even stop raping people unnecessarily. <laughs> it's true. They're not going to make a bold character-driven choice. There really aren't. Uh, so he helps her. Her real name is Ivy Morris. Uh, he helps her make the bed. I pretty much kept writing her down as Saucy Servant. You can call her whatever you want, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad we had this talk. Yeah. 
she's we get a whole montage. Mrs. Buck is trying to find a butler, but isn't. Uh, people are cleaning things. People are happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we see Maud. She is dictating her memoir. She has said that that's her plan is to you know hunker down there and dictate her memoir that she's been meaning to do forever. So she's dictating it to Amanjit. Uh, Johnny Proud brings in some tea, very like gingerly. He seems to really have issues with carrying a tray and walking and opening doors, which is really his entire job. Right there on the on the scale, like the footman scale of stupidity. How dumb is this kid? Hall boy. Okay, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and not cool hall boy from Manor House. Yeah, like Kenny. Yeah. Oh, Kenny. Yeah. Ah. I wonder what he's doing now. Me too. Hey, I wa- remember how Lord and Lady OC got divorced? <laughs> <laughs> remember how Master Guy grew up to become an insane defender of his family? Yeah. Oh, man. That's yeah. hysterical. I hope he's not listening to this. I, I hope so, We're too. We're very... I'm not going to say that. Yeah. He also finds a bird's nest in the fireplace that must have fallen down the chimney in Maud's study or whatever. And him and Amanjeet agree that it's like an egg that they should raise as a bird or whatever. <laughs> what? That was oddly worded. Eggs as different things. I guess it could be a snake or a lizard mm-hmm. or um platypus. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Careful with them. They're poisonous. Are they? Yeah. Oh little my known god. Fact. Mm-hmm. They're so weird and adorable. I know. How poisonous are they? Like not super poisonous, but if- oh wait, they're in Australia. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. course, everything in Australia is poisonous. Right. Yeah. So the family are trying to listen to the wireless, but apparently Agnes bought one that was all sizzle and no steak. And so they have to go down to the kitchen in order to listen to the new king's first wireless address to the nation. Um, it was actually interesting. I'm kind of meant to, because this just came up in yeah, Downton Abbey really, as well. Well, I mean, not the same king. Well, but we shouldn't talk about this season of Downton Abbey. Oh, right. Because not You're everybody's right. watching That's it. a fair point. Well, there's a wireless involved. We yeah, can, look, and we all know that from the promos. Right. But like. The sh- point is that I heard a whole interesting thing on the BBC about like they've been going through the archives at the BBC of like their oldest stuff. That's just like this warehouse is completely unclassified and they keep finding things like, you know, the first ever wireless address by a King. There's actually a recording of queen Victoria, which everybody thought she had never been recorded because she kept refusing to, but there is like one and it's completely unintelligible now, but they're like, no, that's definitely is it her, her singing like, hello, my baby. <laughs> hello, my honey. Hello, my Puritan gal. <laughs> it's just, Ten minutes of impressions. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, she's like, you are not amused. <laughs> she does a golf swing, heads off. <laughs> yeah, so then the anthem, the God Save the King, comes on at the end, and they all stand up during it. Well, the servants have been standing the whole well, time. correct. Because okay. the family came in and jacked their seats. Right. Uh, but so the family then stands up, and then the doorbell is ringing rather aggressively, and they keep waiting through the whole thing. And I'm like, you know, they can't tell if you're standing or not. This person is at the door. Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. But anyway, they go answer the door, and it is Percy. There's uh, Agnes's sister, Persephone. Uh, pro tip. If you know anything at all about the story of Persephone and you still name your kid that, 
You deserve whatever you get. Well, and Persephone does not seem to have gotten much out of life, uh, nor to have deserved it, really, because about the first thing she does is slap the saucy servant. She walloped her. Yeah, she walloped her. And look, the saucy servant basically does nothing but cry. Right. Cry and sing that song. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And put on makeup. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. She seems justified in this case because she just went to try to help unpack and got walloped. Uh, Maud comes on in to be like, I'm the only intelligent person here. Let me straighten this out. Uh, tells a story about how she once threw out her all her underwear uh, through a porthole when she was on a ship because she found it too embarrassing to be sent off to be washed. And Percy's like, Agnes thinks she's saving me, but I don't want to be saved because then I'll have to admit how awful my life has been up till now, as in the way I've just been describing it as being awful. So it's she's weird. Yeah, it's like, what, so your bra has a safety pin in it? Shut the fuck up. You at least have a bra. Yeah. More than half the cast of Game of Thrones can say. Yeah. Percy definitely seems to suck. Yeah, we're not fans. Yeah. We hope nothing good happens to her. Right. I enjoy the performer is, like, lively and charismatic. Oh, yeah, but, like, as a nice, character, but she's the character terrible. Sucks. Yeah. So Johnny Proud hatched a who or whatever. Um <laughs> It's a, <laughs> apparently it's going to have to eat live food, according to Amanjeet. Uh, Percy's being a downer about stuff. Uh, and then she says she needs the car, and she goes and gets in the car in the garage rather than out front, and gets in the front seat with... <gasps> Sasha! Sasha, or as he's known inexplicably in this series, as Spargo. Uh, Spargo's his surname. <laughs> right. And that I'm- is what you call the chauffeur. I understand, but they could have picked any... This is not a historical figure. No, they could have picked any name, but his name's Spargo. His name's Spargo. Like Fargo. Like... With a spa. Is he a Transformer? He might be, because he used to be way more attractive on Make It or Break It. (laughs) He did. It's true. Yeah. That show was great, by the way. That show was great. Uh, Except for all the parts with Emily Kometko. Well, of course. But, like, deal with it. Yeah. Because, uh, what was her name? Payton? Payton or Payson? Payson. Yeah. Her mom was Roz from mm-hmm. Frasier. Absolutely. And her dad is like not Chris Cooper. Yeah, he is. And not there that much either. He's no. back in Minnesota oh, mostly. Oh, man, they had everything. They had, man. they had eating disorders. They had career-ending back injuries that miraculously got better. Mm-hmm. An uh, evil one that oh, was still friends with everybody all the yeah, time. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah, Lauren. And Kelly Parker, mm-hmm. who was everyone's nemesis. And we were like, why aren't you guys best friends with her and not with Lauren? <laughs> right. Like, as far as I can tell. Oh, and Kelly Parker's mom was played by Kathy and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like, and, and Candace Cameron Burry was in oh it. Oh, my God. She sure was. Yeah. And she had to talk about Jesus every episode. Mm-hmm. Look, watch it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. But now Neil Jackson's in this horse shit. Right. It's fine. He's fine. He's pleasant enough, uh, you know, and tells Percy to stop being so bad at being rich. No, and he's like, look, he's like, there's rules and you have to follow them as much as we do. And I'm like, thank you. Can you, you can be in the spinoff of Maude and the Monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spargo! (laughs) (laughs) That was the monkey. (laughs) Clearly, that was a man (laughs) Right. The monkey's name is Solomon, by the way. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that somehow. Oh, Maude won't shut up about it. Yeah, she also informs everyone that Solomon has very specific taste in marmalade, as you had mentioned earlier. Yes. He Um, likes it thick cut, not thin. Yeah. 
Uh, they talk about uh, Mrs. Simpson that, uh, and Maude says that she hears that uh, she understands that she's the king's favorite. And Hallam, bright bulb that he is, says, "Oh, I, I, I believe she's his mistress." And Maude is like, "I know what favorite means." Dumbass. Uh, also, Solomon gets to eat at the table. Yeah. Like, on the table. Mm-hmm. Like, he sits on the table and eats his breakfast from a plate. Yeah. Like a person. Like Apu. Apu. Yeah. Apu? Abu. Abu. Yeah. yeah. Apu is the Simpsons. Apu is a Simpson. Wow. I was like, they let Apu eat wherever he wants. <laughs> right. He's a human. But Abu, yeah. Well, he steals his own food, so you gotta give well, him credit for that. Well, yeah. Well, he's, it's a collaboration. <laughs> That's true. Who's the better monkey? Abu or Solomon? I kind of think Solomon, because Solomon lives in like a super rich house. Although yeah. I guess eventually Abu winds up in one. That's true. I'd say I'd say let's give it more time. Yeah, maybe Solomon like starts to work on like you know the stock market or something. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past or, him. Yeah, maybe he gets involved in philanthropic causes. Possibly, you know, World War Two's coming up. That's so true. Maybe he fought in the war. Yeah, could be. Well, there's also probably still a lot. He was in the Monkey Brigade of Leeds. <laughs> Or, you know, helping out with poor monkeys back home in India. Yeah, that's also true. No. Well, good luck, Solomon. We support you in your worthy endeavors. We really like you a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a party coming up that's been kind of mentioned the whole time. Uh, Yeah, that's basically the only reason that they fix up this house. Right. Is to throw this party. Which is the only reason we ever clean our own house. Oh, yeah. Because we've scheduled a party. So we'll, we'll grant them that. We'll grant them that. <laughs> sure. Punt! We got him. <laughs> we do. Sadly. Uh, and Maud's like, so you planning on hiring a butler at all for this party? And they're like, oh, yeah, we kind of let that slip. Uh, although, however, they're willing to compromise, but not to the extent of accepting a Portuguese butler. Like, that is dismissed out of hand. Yeah. So. So pretty racist still. Yeah. Sorry, Paulo. <laughs> But they do, with no effort at all, come up with Mr. Pritchard, who uh, has worked on cruise ships and has a reference from Errol Flynn, which, that, that's not bad. Yeah, man. I wanted a reference from Errol Flynn. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. It's going to make it less plausible if you present that reference. What if I told him I found the spring from Tug Everlasting? <laughs> to whom it may concern. Being dead, I've had a lot of time to observe <laughs> young Kelly Anakin. <laughs> she seems like a real go-getter, much like Robin Hood. <laughs> Her swordplay could use work. It really could. Yeah. It's been years since I picked up an epee. That's true. Ah, uh, yeah. Mr. Pritchard also a teetotaler, so he gets the key to the wine cellar. So great. And Mrs. Thackeray has stipulated that she does not want a drunk. She does not like the smell of uh, spirits on a man. Yeah. Which I don't understand. I love the smell of spirits on a man. I understand you do, but I suspect if it was a coworker that you also lived with, yeah, that might change things. It sure might. Yeah. Uh, up in Maude's room, it turns out that Maude has taken it upon herself to revise both the menu and the guest list. Mm-hmm. Specifically adding to the guest list, one Wallace Simpson, who was asked leave to invite a special friend. Who everybody's like, OMG is the king. Yeah. And everybody loses their effing minds. They do, in fact. You know, Johnny Proud tells the bird about it. Um, you mean the fledgling? Yeah, the fledgling. 
make sure that the fledgling knows the king will be there. And like it was like, oh, don't you want to see the king? I'm like, I swear to God, if you bring that bird into the room with the king, you will be shot. <laughs> I would certainly hope so. The king has his own bird that he sees on his schedule. <laughs> That's right. They're named Wallace Simpson. <laughs> Uh, you know, people are nervous or whatever. The saucy servant is bathing and singing. So one of her default algorithms. It's the same song. I think she only knows the one song. It's possible. Yeah. It came free with her nail polish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Johnny Proud is talking to her from outside the bathroom and then leans down and looks at her feet through the crack at the bottom of the door. This was one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. Yeah. However, Saucy Servant doesn't feel that way at all. She's into it. She is DTF. This is actually super like a Ryan Murphy scenario. It is, yeah. yeah. But she's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to open this door, but later, another door. Wink. And I'm like, how old are you? You look 12. Yeah, it's hard to say. They both look younger than I think they actually are supposed to be. Right. Well, I mean, I think, you know, I think they're supposed to be. I mean, I think they look younger than the actors are but i think they're supposed to look and be young i don't know you know they're junior servants or whatever okay i just don't know how you can get what was the drinking age back then i don't know that there was one Hmm. what a great time right (laughs) agnes and hallam toast each other for how great their life is they even have the king they say counting their king before it hatched yeah man they're being super smug like i don't like how smug like you and I will occasionally be smug in the privacy of our own home, but we're not like, you know, we don't have a tiara. <laughs> right. And I don't, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, you have no personalities, either one of you. Right. You're incredibly boring. They are. Uh, Agnes, uh, so the party is happening. Agnes is introduced to Eden. Uh, and Wallace Simpson arrives with her special guest. <gasps> Ribbentrop. A Nazi. Yeah. Everybody's like, Holy shit, dude. Okay. Nobody wants to be the person who brings the person who brings cocaine to the party. (laughs) Right. And nobody wants to be the person who invited the person who brought a Nazi to the party. Yeah. Which Maude now is. Right. Even at the time when the Nazis were still just one of those things that was out there. Oh, but they wear brown shirts and say the most (laughs) horrid things. They do. Yes. And uh, they were specifically not welcome at this party because it had been discussed that, you know, Ribbentrop is trying to like make diplomatic contacts that he's not well, really... Well, they want very high-class support for the Nazi party and Hitler in oh, Britain. Right. And uh, the Duke of Kent is there having specifically warned Hallam not to let this guy anywhere near him. Yeah. Uh, one person who's not upset by Ribbentrop's presence, Percy. Who's the worst. Who is the worst. She's the worsty. <clears throat> yeah, she is. She is all over Ribbentrop. She's being gross. Yeah. Like, it is too much. Yeah. She's uh, delighted by his presence. So Kent's like, what the fuck, Hallam? And Hallam's like, what the fuck, Agnes? And Agnes is like, what the fuck, Buck? And Buck is like, what the fuck, Pritchard? And Pritchard's like, I've got a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, She did say what the fuck to Maude, Agnes did. That was earlier, because Maude was like, I'm out. (laughs) Right. You're right. I was wrong. Come on, Solomon. We're packing our bags. (laughs) We're going to move to France. Yeah. Because nothing bad's going to happen there in the next 10 years. No, you're probably fine. Yeah. So... We see Johnny Proud walking nervously towards Ribbentrop and the other servants sort of like in the wings. 
and then he theatrically trips and spills drinks all over Ribbentrop. And I mean, he does a fine job of selling it. I don't want to, you know, disparage his fake accident skills that he did fine. What you're saying is you could have done better. <laughs> uh, sh- you know, yeah. Okay. I've I've had some training. <laughs> Uh, we see Johnny Proud downstairs taking his shirt off and uh, sucking the alcohol out of it. Which is a normal thing to do. Yeah, I know normal. I do that frequently. Well, the saucy servant did suggest that he drink a cocktail to get his courage up. Yeah, and his mother had previously specifically said that she brought him up not to drink spirits. Yeah. So this is a bit concerning. It, Disconcerting. It, it is. Because he doesn't stop with the shirt booze, but he then drinks like the leftovers in the glasses that are sitting around him in the kitchen. Yeah. So the servants are sitting around talking about the party. Well, also, uh, River Snapper. Ribbentrop. I cannot remember his name. Ribbentrop. Yes. Has left at this point. Yeah. With Mrs. Simpson. Right. And this was uh, an old cruise ship trick, according to Pritchard, to get rid of unwanted guests. Spargo's like, well, I'm heading out to get a drink. And uh, he invites Johnny Proud along, but Johnny's like, no, I've got other things to do and i'm like you're really bad at everything right he is so cut to him making out with the saucy servant up in the hall but uh as things seem to be going well with the making out but then she suddenly breaks free darts into a room and closes and locks the door and says he's not being a gentleman right which he i mean technically he isn't but he's not doing anything she didn't clearly invite and welcome and so to me she's just like "Ooh, i'm playing a little fun sexy game here but he's like, fuck this, I'm out. And he like that's leaves. That's why you don't play fun, sexy games. Well, you just got to get straight to the boning. Well, that's a lesson she's learning the hard way. Yeah. Not as hard as some other people. <laughs> well, so she puts on some lipstick and heads out to the pub and stands provocatively at the bar, uh, kind of eyeing Johnny Proud, Spargo, and some guy that they've apparently met at the pub or Yeah, whatever. he's got a horrible face scar. Yeah. Um... And they're like, oh, Johnny, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I don't want to win me. And so the third wheel is like, well, hell, I'll go talk to her. And he gets up. And Johnny Proud. It's unclear the physics of what actually happened because he seemed to punch the guy. Who but then also, wound up with glass. No, I think he punched through the glass and then the glass wound up in his neck. Yeah. Somehow a punch in the stomach resulted in glass in the neck. And he pulls it out and we've got blood spurting everywhere it yeah. was very unexpected yeah that's like if you've got a spurting neck wound like that's life-threatening yeah that's that's you need to get you that. should have let that glass stay in there yeah uh until you found a doctor right if only there was a time traveling doctor around <laughs> um i don't think you can fix a spurting neck wound with a sonic screwdriver <laughs> yeah i was actually thinking more of claire she's a time traveling nurse Ah, from Outlander. Right. It was the, you know, time period that I was thinking of. So, yeah, Johnny Proud runs off back to the house, like, pounds on the door until they let him in, and then goes locks himself in the bathroom. Uh, so Shouldn't they have, like, a key or something? Or uh, go in the back way? I, I believe the servant's entrance is traditional in these situations, <laughs> particularly when covered in blood. Yeah. I think that's all the more reason to use the servant's entrance. I agree. But I always use the servant's entrance when I'm covered in blood. Right. So cut to Mrs. Buck standing outside the bathroom with uh, some policemen. 
uh, being like, uh, you got to come out of there, dude. And he's like, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> and he's like, no, you come in here. Wham, I'm a baby. That's essentially it. Uh, he reveals that he is, in fact, on probation for a previous drunken brawl uh, back in Wales. And so, you know, sucks to be him or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe don't punch people in bars, you dummy. No, and like everyone's up in the hallway. Yeah. Which is interesting because on Downton Abbey, that would never happen. Yeah. Like it would only be the upstairs, or no, it would only be the downstairs people. And the upstairs people would be like, you know, hanging out in like the small library or something. Right. With the officer, you know, Mm -hmm. like let the constables are up there and then the officer's down there, you know. Yeah. They know what's up. class, isn't it? (laughs) That's right. So next morning, Maud is saying that Agnes basically can't handle this job because she clearly can't. And, you know, whatever, Maud may have screwed up with the Nazi situation, but... There's... She didn't hire a footman who put a piece of glass in a dude's neck. Right. And had a legal record of putting glass in dude's necks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was on his bucket list. Put glass in dude's neck. Check. <laughs> put glass in dude's neck again. Check. <laughs> Get laid. Nope. Nope. Too bad. So sad. <laughs> uh, so we see Maud sitting with Buck by some ducks. Wow. That's a whole thing. Yeah. Says that the house needs the two of them, Maud and Mrs. Buck. Uh, we then cut to Agnes offering Mrs. Buck the position of housekeeper. But Mrs. Buck is like, I already done been offered that job. I don't know that I would have done that if I were her. Yeah. I would have been more diplomatic about it because then you and Maud can just like run shit on the sly. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. But um I guess Agnes was kind of a bitch to her that time. Yeah, and that's true. She wanted to kind of get back. Ah, uh, the saucy servant is crying by that chick. Always crying. <laughs> and Amanjeet is like, Well, my magical Indian sense tells me that this chick is ready to fly now. So he takes it outside and throws it into the air. And fortunately, it doesn't just like plummet down onto the sidewalk, (laughs) but actually does fly away, Mm -hmm. you know, symbolically and whatnot. Um, Mrs. Buck arrives with her bags, takes the official housekeeper's key, uh, continues just being fucking delighted to be in this house. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's episode one. Yeah, and the next episode, uh, like, the next dawn was almost as baffling as an, uh, <laughs> Mad Men next dawn. I was like, what is going on? Right. Uh, but Persephone seems to have her eye on, uh, Spargo. Yeah. So that's gonna end well. And fascism. She's yeah. definitely into the fascism. It's so. a one-two punch, man. Yeah. Yeah. Spargo and the fascists. <laughs> that would be a great band. <laughs> All right, so, that's that. We'll be back with an instant take. Uh, on Sunday. That's right. Or today, whatever day this is. Right. You're listening to this. Well, whatever day you're listening to it, probably next Sunday we'll be back with an instant take. Yeah, that seems pretty likely. Yeah. And whenever this comes up again, we'll talk about this some more. (laughs) Right. No, we like it well enough. We aren't, you know, we're not like super compelled by it, but we like it well enough to keep going. Yeah, it's no Titanic blood and steel. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so until next time, (laughs) up up yours yours downstairs. downstairs... Luncheon out. <laughs>